In a world with zero fucks, All Fucks Welcome creates stories for the conscious conversation with no fake fucks. Let's introduce Diana. Hey, hey, hey. How is everybody? We are so excited for tonight's show. Give me just a quick second here. We have a lot of exciting things to talk about tonight. And we are super excited for our new format. So let us know what you think of this. This is going to be a hoot and a holla. All right. All right, all right. Thank you for tuning in tonight, friends. We know there are a lot of places you can be tonight, and we appreciate that you are here with us tonight. Our Patreon is up and live, and what does that mean to you? It's one of our su subscription pages where you can actually subscribe monthly to our little podcast and help us meet our dream to one day make all fucks welcome our main passion. Every subscription matters and counts. You can also do donate to our show at allfuckswelcome.com. By subscribing and donating, you get the ultimate access to podcast content, merchandise, and other fabulous opportunities because we have a contest coming soon, which is super exciting. As you see, all our, our All Fucks Welcome t-shirt, bag, stickers, and koozies are going to be up soon. We value your support, love, and listening to us so let's get this fucking show started. Yes, we say fuck here. So adult show, adult show. All right. On tonight's show, we have a brave soul on. I want to be very clear that some of the questions asked are not my personal views. I think that's important to stress. But question asked um, of many others or societal questions. So for me, this show is going to bring awareness to others who are stepping fully into their truth, whether we understand it or not. We're going to bring more understanding. So welcome, Mo. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. I love that you're here with us. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So I start every show with the, the, the two questions. Where are you from and how were you raised? Okay. Um, I'm from a small town outside of Fort Worth, uh, Graham, Texas. Um, I was raised with a, a bunch of siblings, <laughs> three brothers, uh, two sisters, and myself. Okay. Um, let's see. So it was a small town? Yeah, small town. I played sports, um, went to church. Just your typical small town things. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I stayed out of trouble and was a good kid and enjoyed being part of athletics and awesome. had a bunch of teammates that I grew up with and just a small town vibe. So do you feel like the um, small town, being in athletics, really helped keep you out of trouble because my son he was always like I wish I would have stayed in athletics because I didn't have really a sense of community yeah I think so that gave me a sense of pride and that that was something that I really enjoyed was being a part of the team and I played with this, a lot of the same girls growing up so what did you play I played basketball and I ran cross country oh wow oh that's <laughs> awesome that's really great so you running yeah that's <laughs> is, it's kind of one of my things it's a good thing so that's awesome <laughs> Um, so when we were reading your questionnaire, one of the things that was really a big shitstorm for you was the tremendous amount of loss yes. that you've had um, within your immediate family. Mm -hmm. Please share with, that, with us what that looked like for you. Uh, yeah, um, when I was 19 after I graduated high school, my um, oldest brother at the time was 28, I believe, and um, he committed suicide. Oh. Um, six months after that, my second older, oldest brother, his birthday had passed and he had turned 26 at the time. 
Um, he died of hypothermia. He was out um, one evening in the cold, and he passed away from hypothermia. Um, let's see, for, I think it was 2014, my um, brother at the time was 35. It's He was my third brother. It's my third brother, and he had a, a brain aneurysm. Um, we didn't lose him, but um, through the night, we didn't think we he would survive. But he has survived his um, aneurysm, and he's still working through therapy and speech therapy and stuff like that. Wow. Um, and then more recently in 2015, after that, my oldest sister was diagnosed with um, cervical cancer, and we lost her um, August 20th of 2017. Wow. That's so, a lot. Yeah, that's four of the siblings. So how do you, how have you coped, well, as a family unit and then mm -hmm. as an individual, how are you coping with all of that? Um, I think as um, the way that it started off with, you know, my brother committing suicide, that in itself made us a, as a family more close-knit. Um, I think the love was always there. We were always really close, but um, we began to be able to express it a little bit more yeah. openly yeah. and to not be afraid to say, you know, I love you as the, like the last thing, you know, and just be more open with each other. So I think that kind of set the mood for that. And um, as so we were you dealt, not so emotionally close before his passing? Um, I, yeah, I think, um, you know, I was a, t a younger teenager and he was a little bit older than right. me. So I felt like at that time I didn't really get to know him as I would have as an adult. Sure. And on an adult level, like I did with my sister, you know, when she passed away. Yeah. We were a little bit older and we grew up through a lot of struggles together of losing losses of our other siblings and it made right. us really really close so um i didn't unfortunately i didn't have that with my brothers at the time because right. they were a little bit older right mm -hmm. so that's just that's just crazy when you really think about that yeah it's a lot to have dealt with um how are your parents um they're strong you know a lot of times that was a very scary thing you know you hear a lot of times you know, it either makes or breaks a right. marriage and I think for theirs, it, it made them stronger and the raw and stronger and closer. They were able to lean on each other during those times. And I think that, you know, was a good example for all of us in the family that we just all were going to lean on each other. To I just can't imagine times. that. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So there are what, two of you left? Um, me and my sister, Jeanette, and my brother, Michael, still survived. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Holy moly. That's just amazing. That is just amazing. So when all of this starts happening, when you go through this process, how do you how do you cope? What is one of the things that you do to help you cope with that sort of grief? Nowadays, um, you know, I cope. I, I like to exercise and focus on my health. Um, with some of the situations that um, I've dealt with have all been all some kind of health, either mental health or, you know, an aneurysm or cancer or anything. Right. It's always been, you know, the health focus, related, health related. Yeah. So wow. that's kind of pushed me into this different aspect. You know, when I was younger, dealing with the grief, a lot of times I did with a lot of people at that age do. And I was at a bar and I drank a lot. And, you know, I made a lot of good friends in that process that have remained my friends outside of the bar. But um, that's kind of where I was with my grief at that age. So I've moved past that now and I've learned to deal with things differently. And I run a lot and exercise a lot to help me cope. Wow. Wow. So when you were making maybe not the best choices, yeah, right? exactly. which we've all been there, done that. <laughs> yes. uh, I definitely know that. Now, focusing on your overall health and wellness, mm -hmm. how do you feel? Like, how do you feel in comparison to Mo in your early 20s to Mo now, like emotionally, physiology, within your physiology, how do you feel now? 
I feel a lot better. I feel more connected to myself than, than I was then. Uh, then I didn't realize that that's what I was dealing with was stages of grief, you know, right? being angry and then being able to accept things and moving right. through the stages for so many years. I didn't know that's what I was dealing with. So here more recently when I lost my sister, it was a, a little bit different of an experience to go through grief and being more mature and connected to what you're going through. You know, it's a little bit different than not realizing what that you're grieving. Right. Right, right, right. The awareness is more, is is there. there. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So mental health is very important. Yes. And so now if you are, if you're having a moment, Mm -hmm. so what do you do? Do you just say, I'm going to take a time out. I'm going to go for a run or. Yeah. I play the guitar too. Some, so sometimes I strum. Um, That's something, you know, I like to do, but for the most I've been focusing on exercise and running because that's where I'm at with my journey and that's wonderful comfortable in my body and yeah everything. yes yeah. yes yes well let's this is a perfect segue <laughs> so let's switch the gears a bit yeah. so how old were you when you realized that you were a lesbian um I came out when I was 16 to my mother and wow my you were yeah, young I was really young but yeah. when did you when did you so that's when you came out but when did you realize I, before that I think I always realized something was different from a younger age you know and as I got older and started to be attracted and know that that's what that was. You know, I knew that I was attracted to females. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, that's where I went. You know, I knew mm-hmm. that's what I was, that's what I knew. You know, there was Ellen DeGeneres at the time. And right. That's, that's what I knew. It's yes. like, I'm, I'm lesbian. So yes. That's how God I love identified. Ellen. Yeah. She really, she really, she really changed mm-hmm. the mark when yeah. it really came to people coming out. Yeah. It just really gave it, gave you a know, voice people like me, someone, yeah, someone to connect with. Yes. That's just mm-hmm. awesome. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you have a big family mm-hmm. and, um, one of the parts when you and I, um, had our call, um, that I thought was very fascinating is how many people in your family, mm-hmm are in the LGBTQ category, yeah, which is interesting. So do you believe that there is a potential genetic component? Yeah, I, th- I feel like that, you know, um, m- that my sibling, my sister is um, lesbian as well. And also with just within my my immediate family, there's a lot more members in the LGBT community. And so I do feel like it's genetic. I also have experience, you know, growing up with friends that, you know, there's a bunch of males in their family and then there's a girl that's a tomboy or a lesbian, yeah, you know, and it's yeah. just like, it seems like that could be genetics, you know, somehow connected to all that. I, mm-hmm. I really believe that mm-hmm. on a lot of levels. I really do. Yeah. I just, I think it's, um, interesting how there's just an aspect we just can't deny, Yeah, you know, I mean, Science. we really, we, yeah, it really, it really is there. Okay. So let's switch it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about your wife a little bit. How okay. did you two meet? Uh, we met through mutual friends. Um, we had kind of hung out in the same group um, for several years, but um, we met through one of my friends that she played softball with, and I like to play the guitar with, and we jam and oh, wow. make videos together. Yeah, so we kind of just met through her and um, started dating. That was about gone about five years ago. Wow. So in this August, uh, we'll be married uh, three years. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> that is so exciting. I love this. I love this. So when they, um, when they passed all the laws, mm-hmm. were you one of the people that was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this? Or did you take yeah. some time to say, you know what, we're just going to wait a little bit and pause? Uh, well, or? My, actually, my sister and her wife had been together for some time. And that day, they actually went down to the courthouse and 
Elliot, they called Ellie and I, and we got some snacks together and met them and the kids down there oh. to get them some snacks And while they were getting married there. So we got to experience that, and that was really amazing. But I think, yeah, we kind of had already knew that when we met each other, that that's, how, that's the way we would, yeah. you know, the route we would go. So that was really awesome to be able to experience that with them that day. Oh, that's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's really, really cool. beautiful. I love this. Oh, this is so awesome. Okay, so... Um, share this story because this is this is what I find incredible so just for everyone in in audience land um, Mo is actually transitioning and so this is this is the most amazing story so how did your wife share with you like you're like a dude <laughs> so how did this come about like how did this whole thought process feeling? everything come about for you? Yeah, um, you know, I had always felt not very, you know, connected to my body at a young age. Um, I'd always ran around the yard with my shirt off and was told that I couldn't do that because, you know, I wasn't a boy, like I needed to put my top on. And so, you know, I'd always felt disconnected. And as I started going through puberty, even more so, um, just didn't feel connected with myself. Um, When me and my wife met, I think when we started dating, there were a few times when, you know, I was, she could tell I was very uncomfortable in situations. And um, there was a time um, when I had received a, a jacket at work and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was really excited to get the jacket that day and I went to try it on and um, I went up, I was in the man side and I tried on the medium and I was so excited that I fit in the medium jacket and um, I was told that I had to go to the other side of the room and select one of the female jackets because they were, you know, purchased according to your gender. So at that time, you know, I was like upset and I got the jacket and I went outside and I called my wife and I was bawling and crying, and she yeah. was like, you're crying about a jacket? Like, <laughs> you know. And I think kind of like moments like that would happen, and, you know, yeah. being like 37 years old and realizing, yeah. you know, I'm here I am, I'm, I'm crying about a piece of clothes. But yeah. clothes, is that really what it is, you know? Right. So it's something much more deep-seated. Much more deep, deeper than that at this yeah. age, you know? Yeah. So um, there's just been some moments like that, you know, that that are intimate that me and my wife have had, and she's like, you know, Maybe there's something more going on. You know, maybe it would be good for you to be able to speak to someone or talk to someone. And, you know, she encouraged me to do those things. And that was a blessing for for real whenever my sister passed away to have have that already going and have that relationship I'm going with my therapist where I could be able to speak through a lot of things. Also helped me deal with the grief as well. So... Let me ask you, are you the therapist that you've used? Is this a therapist that works within the LGBTQ community? Yes. And oh, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the part sometimes that that lacks is mm-hmm. like finding someone that's really going to be a strong fit for you the yeah. person. Yeah. I which is a, wonderful. I had a lot to work through and a lot of to talk, to talk through, you know. I started off um, with my idea that, you know, I would have top surgery and not take testosterone so in my eyes I was like you know I think maybe I'm um, gender non-binary all right now let's 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 talk about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) because for me everything that I know about Mm non-binary is not identifying male or female yeah so how does that relate to the organs like how does all that play out and that's kind of like me kind of working through the issue of trying to figure out how I actually identified okay I'm still being afraid at this age to you know just say who I am and, you know, be proud of that, um, working through like maybe what other people would think okay. or how I would handle going to work and, sure. you know, um, transitioning and becoming this new person. So it's a lot of it was just fear 
Um, but being able to have someone to just l allow me to work through that process is what it was, and it just took time being able to talk. And sometimes people go into therapy knowing these things, and sometimes they don't. So it was a blessing for me to be able to talk through all this. Okay, so you and your wife meet your lesbians, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're transitioning. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how has that been for the relationship? You know, yes. because, you know, she's a lesbian. Uh-huh. You were a lesbian, and yeah. now we're we're shifting these roles a little bit. Yeah. So I think this is a I think this too is a great part of your story. Mm -hmm. It has been a challenge. I mean, it, it's not easy. It's some someone also is going through a transition with me, mm -hmm. um, and she loves me for who I am. So she fell in love uh, with a person. With the person, yeah, yes. not my Blessings gender. Be. Yeah, yes. so you know, um, I am very lucky for that. Um, she. Um, has had her time, you know, when I was changing my name. Um, we were really stressed out that day, just driving around Austin and doing a bunch of things all at once. Oh, that's right. You've got to go to the um, city. We decided go to, to go Catholic? there and get it all done at once. Um, okay. We just um, heard through a lot of groups that we were in for support that, you know, it, it's easy to knock it out there all at once. And you don't have a lot of hurdles to go through. As all right, knock what out? What were, what were the pro um, uh, policies we, that you, or the processes that you had to go through? We went to the courthouse first and petitioned the court to change my name and my gender. And then once I had that official document, I was able to go to the Social Security office and change my Social Security. Wow! Yeah, and then I went to the Mega Center and changed my driver's license and was able to get mail on my driver's license. Holy shit! And my new name, yeah. So it happened all in one day. That's amazing. Yeah. And going through that whole process was, uh, you know, stressful and just driving around all these different places. Yeah. You know, Ellie was kind of having a little breakdown, and it it took it took us to step back from the situation yeah. and realize what was really going on and. Her being afraid to be able to say those things and maybe seem like she wasn't supportive that day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, good thing we do have the, uh, the communication that we have, you know. So we were able to figure that out on our own, you know, and just step back and give ourselves some space. And, you know, I allow her to be sad or upset that day because I understand that, you know, she is transitioning and she's used to calling me my old name. And yeah. it's just now yeah. kind of was hitting her all at once. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So and it's, it's a it's, it's a little a bit of a grief. Yeah. Also, you're kind of like think. saying goodbye to someone, but yeah. not really because I'm technically the same person. It's yeah. just you know the, all the things that you're used to saying and doing and stuff like that. Your memories that you have with that person and that name. So, I'm sure there are slip ups. Yeah. <laughs> I have them myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, blessings be to that. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that how does that how does that affect you or community? You know, because I think we'd had a conversation sometimes about the community, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone should just hop right on board. But it, yeah. you know, everyone's a little bit different. It's I think. difficult. Yeah, and in some of the groups I'm a part of. Um, some people's opinions are that, you know, you should have people around you that respect you and that, you know, can get on board with your transition and will start to call you the pronouns you prefer. And I, I, I do agree with that, but I also like to look at the intent behind it. So, yeah. you know, if I have someone being, you know, just outright rude and, and they're doing it on purpose, and that's one thing, but right. most everyone that I surround myself with yeah. are supportive and good if, people. If, yeah. And if it is a, if it is a, you know, a slip up, that's just what it is. And yeah. they're quick to either, you know, um, you know, change what they're saying, or yes. if I was to bring it up and it was to really bother me, then they would take that to heart. Well, know? I've done it right before the show, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. So I love that you're Mo. One of my best <laughs> friends is Mo. So this is awesome. But it is it is interesting mm -hmm. because to me, I've always been an ally. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I fly my flag in front of my house <laughs> every June. And to me, it's very important that 
you know, my, my husband, he kind of had a hard time with it, though. He goes, you're going to leave it up all month? <laughs> and not that there's a judgment for him, but there was a fear about what the neighbors yeah, would think. what others would think. And I'm like, fuck them, because <laughs> this is, our house is a loving, compassionate house for anybody. Yes. So to me, you're right. It's the intent behind mm-hmm. what is going on within yeah. all of that. So this is really neat. I love that you slip up, too. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I'll be talking to the dogs, and I'll be like, come to mom. And I'm like, oh, I mean, dad, come to dog dad. I'm your dog dad. (laughs) So So how does that feel? Like, stepping into this more masculine, like, really masculine role, how how has that shifted for you? It is a change, and it is a transition, but it just feels like home. It feels like where I've always meant have been meant to be, yeah. you know, and I think that everyone that is starting to come around and, and get to see me and realizes that I am more happy and this yeah. is genuinely just who I am and it doesn't really change much because that's, I'm still Mo. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, oh my gosh. I love it. This is so awesome. I love it. All right. So, okay. So how did you, this is a question that I have had just in general, mm-hmm. um, knowing the difference between how do you know that you're not just a more masculine lesbian versus mm-hmm. wanting to be a man. Yeah. So how do you, how did you really just come to that thought process mm-hmm. and take us through what that journey looked like? Um, just a lot of things, um, the dysphoria that I've always had inside my own skin and just not being comfortable. And whenever I would, you know, come into a room and be introduced to someone just not being able to talk and always just having this dysphoria with my own voice and everything about my body. Wow. Um, you know, it took me a while to realize that that is why I wanted to, you know, take testosterone and just not just change, you know, just my name or just have top surgery. You know, I wanted to change my appearance and who I was um, and more to match up with what, who I've always identified as. Um, I've always seen myself as that little boy and I always wanted to be able to do all these things that I'm getting to experience now, you know, like just the freedom of being able to take my top off and go swimming and, and be comfortable in my own skin yes. and my body, you know. Yes. I realize that that is a dysphoria, and I've just never been able to articulate that out wow. loud. And not knowing that, and I think that's where it's different now. There are um, a lot of kids do get to experience that because it is people are like, oh, it just seems like everyone's being transgender nowadays. But I think everyone has always been transgender. It's just now um, we have that freedom and we feel... Although we're not always 100% safe, but we do feel more comfortable in being open and being ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, uh, it is very tough. <laughs> it it's is. very tough. Yeah. You know, we just experienced a big loss in our neighborhood um, and of a child. And it's, you know, you think, mm-hmm. you know, you think there's more awareness, you know, but this is with all things in all ways, yes. right? Whether it's suicide or mental health or, mm-hmm. you know, um, all the support that is out there, but there's still fear, yes. right? And um, that's the part that, that, to me, has always been just shocking, yeah. you know, because the family may, may be completely on board, mm-hmm. but then everybody around, and especially exactly. the youth, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the tough part, yeah. is they're not emotional, their emotional intelligence mm-hmm. cannot keep up, exactly. I believe, with what's really going on, mm-hmm within their hormones and what their thought processes are. So if, if a child really is very firm, okay, this is who I am, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean their little community of friends get it. Exactly. You know, and that's the part that I think is is the scary part. Mm-hmm. And that's where all this fear comes from outside yeah. of that. Yeah, and I know at my age, if I had that kind of fear that I had, um, having the experiences that I've had in life already, I know that 
what you speak of is true. Um, being bullied as a child has got to be 10 times worse than me having to go to my job where I have a career and I work with professionals and yeah. you don't have to worry about that. And I also am an adult, so I get to select where I go and who I choose to surround myself right. with. It's so different, isn't it? It's a lot different, yes. So, And you're really supported at your job. Yes. Yeah. Which is such a gift. Yeah, it's really awesome. That is awesome. I just, I love this. I love this. This is just wonderful. So during your transition, all of these things. Now, do you like that word? Yeah. Transition? I'm okay with that. I, 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 I always wonder about that. It's like, okay, so is that, a, is that an okay it's a terminology? A transition. Yeah, it really, you're a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. Changing, right? It's a dragonfly. It's whatever exactly. it is. So has this been graceful for you? Or um, have you felt resistance within your body or with anyone? No, this has been pretty graceful for me. I've, I feel like I've been very fortunate to have so many friends and family that do support me. So um, I, I, it has been pretty graceful. I, I was fearful that it would not be, but um, it, it actually has been really great. I love that. <laughs> so what what has been some of the biggest or most amazing or surprising changes that you've experienced so far? Um, my voice. I really like my voice. Great. <laughs> it's changed a lot. I really had a high-pitched voice, and it's changed more. I feel more confident when I'm speaking. Um, and I know I've always had that issue growing up. You know, I had coaches that would tell me to yell a little louder on the court. Or, you know, I'd be in meetings, and I'd have always have people ask me to speak up. And I just feel more confident in who I am. So wow. that's been the greatest change that I probably was so fearful of. Uh, taking testosterone because I knew that that would present changes that everyone would know. You yes. Know? And so getting there in my mind where I, you know, I could be okay with saying those are the things that I wanted is just hard sometimes to say what you really want because you're afraid that you might not ever get that, you know. So yes. I think that's where I was for a long time. And I can actually relate to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Inadvertently. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is very, it is, uh, it is interesting when you start that journey. And I don't know about you, um, but, you know, I was told all the time, oh, are you sick? Are you sick? You yeah. know, are you are you feeling okay? <laughs> yes, I'm feeling okay. This is just my new voice. Yeah. Thanks. You know, so it is interesting. Yeah, some of the other changes, you know, facial hair and stuff like that will start to happen. And I'm just, that just takes time. And then I recently had my top surgery, so now mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm able to go swimming and just be comfortable in my clothes and finally feel comfortable shopping. Like, that's a whole new thing for me. I'm doing some online shopping and getting, I love getting it. stuff sent to me where I can try on new shirts and tops yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really finally enjoying that and just getting to explore and do those things that I never really enjoyed doing before. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. So can we talk about your surgery? Yeah. Because I think this is interesting. Mm -hmm. So... Um, is it similar to just a regular mastectomy? It, it is uh, similar in the fact that, you know, they're, um, when the, they go in, they're going in knowing that they're going to come back cosmetically and build you a chest. Okay. So they remove the, the breast tissue that's not needed, and they pretty much construct you a male chest. Okay. To your liking and whatever you like. Some people have their nipples removed, some people don't. So it just depends on, like you were talking, there's some... People that don't identify as male or female, so sometimes they prefer not to have, you know, anything. Uh, just they'll have scars and uh, they won't have their nipples put back on. Tig Notaro. Mm -hmm. yeah. She, uh, do you know Tig? Uh -huh. Oh, you got to look her up. Okay. She's brilliant. She's uh, she's a comedian and uh, 
in two months' time, she had the loss of her mother and was diagnosed with breast cancer. I think I have seen this show on... on one Mississippi okay. is, yeah, is one of her so. shows. That does yep. ring a bell. Yep. Yeah, she's fucking brilliant. <laughs> but she did. She, she just took them off. Yeah. And uh, no reconstruction otherwise. So, yeah. you know, and so uh, it is It is interesting. Mm-hmm. But you chose to... Yeah, to have it constructed back. And yes. I have my nipples smaller. Some people choose to have them bigger, so I wanted it to fit my frame. And I'm really pleased with the surgeon that I got and the results that I got. So now I'm just now getting back into the gym and starting to lift weights with my trainer, and I'm doing it to make sure I have a trainer to make sure I don't overwork myself or yeah. overdo it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the scarring... Mm-hmm. What's going to, is that going to fade over time, do you think? Um, I do have scars all the way across, and they kind of go back under my um, armpits. And they, they will start to fade. Um, I do do scar tape on them and oils on them to okay. try to and keep them out of the sun as much as possible. So use a lot of sunblock when I'm out in the sun. Yeah. So for the first year or so. And then eventually, you know, hopefully I'll get some chest hair, and it'll grow up and cover up some of the scars. Right? Yeah. So. I love that. Hopefully I get chest hair. <laughs> yeah. I, love I never that. thought I would say that, but... <laughs> That's where I was at, to, at the start of all this, but now well, I'm really wonderful. excited for those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is exciting. It is exciting. So, okay, uh, I hear I hear sometimes parents can really struggle with the loss of the birth gender mm-hmm. um, when it when the child transitions. How has your family been through this for you? Have they really grieved the loss of the daughter, or mm-hmm. have they just said, "Oh my gosh"? This is brilliant. We've got another son. Yeah, I think they've they've somewhat embraced it. You know, I know that they still will say Miranda or say she or her, and it's the same. Like, I know the intent behind right. it. And if I was to really say, like, hey, stop doing that, then I really feel like they would. But I kind of just want to allow people to transition and go through this yeah. on their own time. With you? Yeah, with me. <laughs> and, you know, with my beard or something one day, maybe, you know, yeah. that might be a little bit easier to do. So yeah. I just kind of want it to be natural. So I just yeah. allow it to happen. And and, and I'm okay with that, you know. That's so awesome. it's just kind of knowing the intent behind it. And like I said, in some of the groups, people tell me that I should demand more and, you know, I should ask that these people are on board. Um, even my wife has tried to explain in a group before that, you know, the reason is that she might slip up or something. And then they have some, some members that will lash out at her and tell her she's transphobe. And it's just so, it's just inside the community as well. But you, everyone has their own different opinions. But for my transition, I feel like I want everyone around me to naturally just, you know, go through this with me as I did. (laughs) Well, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're creating a compassionate space mm-hmm. for those that love you and you mm-hmm. love them. And it, it works better than coming at it from a more aggressive <laughs> perspective, yeah. maybe, yeah. which is great. Look at this. I love this. Ma and Pa are watching. Oh, yeah. That's so great. <laughs> hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So thank you. Thank you for watching. This is wonderful. Um, so let's 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 uh, shed some perspectives on athletics and athleticism within the trans community, because, you know, this is kind of a hot topic right yeah. now within high schools, mm-hmm. within colleges, all the things. So what is your perspective? What do you think? Well, I think that um, had I grew up in those times, um, I would have wanted to be able to compete as a boy um, if I would have been on um if I would have told my parents, they would have put me on blockers and everything and allowed me to, you know, transition. I think that's where I would want to be. I think that kids just want to be able to do the things that they've never been able to do. I know growing up, those are some of the things that I wish I could have got to do. I did 
have athletics and I did do all these things and have all these great experiences, but I wanted to be able to go to the dances and, you know, invite a girl and do all these things that I didn't get to experience. So I think the bottom, the, the, the underlying issue is that they just want to be themselves and get to have those experiences. So I think if we could find a way for that to happen, that would be the the best route because they should be able to compete as, as who they identify as. But I do understand that the, um, the testosterone and, you know, if you have a boy competing that, you know, identifies as a female but hasn't had the blockers, you know, they might have more strength than the females their age. So I do understand all the other topics that, you know, the other point of views that come into that. But the bottom, I think, bottom line is that they should be able to be themselves. Do you think that that is too young to get on hormones? I don't, you know, I've had people that have reached out to me during this process that, um, you know, I grew up with and they're able to tell me that, you know, they have children going through these types of issues and, Mm -hmm. you know, that they've realized by just, you know, knowing someone their age or that they can relate to now, they feel like they really have done the right thing by, you know, allowing their child at a young age to start their transition and, I think that's just awesome to have parents like that that They're are that, totally on board. That are just also that into tune with who you are and love you that much that you know yeah. if you have them on your side there's yeah. there's nothing else you know that you you will feel that love your whole life and yeah. that's really what matters when it comes down to it and you have those issues those times where you're not sure of who you are yourself it's always awesome to have your family on your side and your loved ones that are there telling you they love you no matter what. Well, and we have such a great um, LGBTQ uh, community center in Dallas, too. Yeah. And so I'm always encouraging, you know, my clients and, and people that I know that are qu- even questioning. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You know, I've got these people in my life that have uh, children questioning. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, when I was that age, I knew I liked Dick. So yeah. it wasn't even a question. Yeah. Right. But if they're questioning. Mm-hmm. If they're questioning anything, yeah, that's not something to fuck around with because yeah. it is messing with their mental health. Yeah, and you get that a lot of times. You get people's opinion is like, well, you know, don't don't be pressing who you are on children. But you'll hear other people look at their sons or daughters and be like, oh, they're gonna date one day. This is gonna be their boyfriend or this is right. gonna be their girlfriend. But what if and it you isn't? And you don't feel like they're pushing any kind of sexuality on a child. Right. So, you know, it's just like there's other opinions within this that. You know, I don't feel like by allowing a kid to know these things or be themselves, I don't think you're pushing any kind of views on them, right. especially if they're coming and speaking out to you. It's just you listening yeah. to what they have to say. And I think some of these things are obvious from a small age. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think um, my parents probably would have probably allowed more if they would have known more or been more knowledgeable as sure. well. Sure. I probably would have been asking them for more, mm-hmm. you know, transitioning at an early age had I been able to understand what, you know, I what was, was really going feeling. on. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I love it. Everyone's popping in. This is so awesome. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Well, I think, I think it's interesting because I think one of the parts that concerns me the most is the mental health capacity a, combined with mm-hmm. the hormone aspect, yeah. combined with the emotional um, intelligence of a young person. Yeah. You know, all of those things, you know, are very concerning to me just because, you know, they're already, they're, kids are so cruel anyway in a lot of ways. Yes. But then the mental health aspect and then, you know, all these things. But to your point allowing them to be who they're meant to be, mm-hmm. 
I think is the greatest gift that any parent can allow yeah. for their child. I agree. I think that's the best way as society that we can show our support is just to really, I mean, just educate yourself and learn mm-hmm. a little and, you know, allowing other people around you to truly be who they are. I mean, that would definitely make the world a better place. It really would, wouldn't yeah, it? it really would. <laughs> can we just honor everyone yeah. and, you know, quit being so judgy? And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I, I like to pride myself on is losing judgment mm-hmm. because, hi, you know, it's not my job to judge anyone. Exactly. Right? So let's talk about faith. Okay. You have a strong faith. Yeah. Um, I grew up, um, my parents grew up, and um, they were Catholic, and they uh, ran away together when they were 15 and 17 to get married. And my gosh. They kind of um, pulled away from their growing up in the church, and when I was uh, a little bit younger, I had a friend that invited me to church, and I went to the Baptist church with him, and because um, we lived really close to the church, so he would come by every Sunday and pick me up, and we would walk to church oh. together, and uh, that kind of got me into church and started asking my parents to go and that's what kind of got my family back into church when we were younger. Uh, we started off in, in the Baptist church, and um, eventually we moved to um, become members of the Assembly of God Church in our town, and that was really um, a big part of who I was growing up. My parents were involved in the youth ministry, and we did a lot of things with the youth together um, as a family and with our parents. And so I just have a lot of friends in my life that support me now on my journey, and uh we all grew up together in the church, so um, it's just a part of who I am. I, I do have, I did struggle with that a lot as I was coming out as gay. I'm just feeling comfortable with going there and worshiping, you know. How, um, tell me about that, because if if I'm correct, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not okay. Yeah, it's just, um, just everyone has their opinion and everyone handles cr- their Christianity different. Yes. Um, so sometimes it's just not comfortable in, in some environments even though they're everyone there identifies as a Christian so I've been in those situations before but there are a lot of churches here in the Metroplex um, um, that are friendly and that will invite you in and are very welcoming so that's been amazing to experience so do you go back have you gone back to the other little church that you grew up in I haven't been in a while um, I've gone probably it's probably about seven or eight years ago is the last time I actually went to a sermon on Sunday with my parents but um, I know I'm still welcome there, and you know everyone's accepting there. It's just uh, you hear you you have your you know run-ins with other people, and their their opinions sometimes scar you a little and make you like pull yourself back a little. And I think that's where I've been with my walk before, but I still have my faith, and I still have my walk with the Lord that you know I take care of, and I don't I don't feel like I have to present that to everyone, you know, right. um, to have that worship with myself and with the Lord, you know, so I kind of still have my own faith. And I think everyone that knows me knows that. I think when my wife met me, she was kind of wondering, like, you know, how much is she into this or he, how much, how much is he into this? See, I do it. So how much is is he into this, you know, so, um, but she's learned that, you know, I am who I am and I have, that's who I was, you know, raised as and where I came from. So it'll always be a part of who I am. Yeah. So what was some of the feedback that you've heard over the years from your Christian um, You know, the, some of the, the stuff in the Bible that, you know, um, that where, you know, you know, gays are not accepted. It even says it in the Bible, you know. People have their ways of pulling up scriptures and, 
you know, showing you everything, but there are also kinds of scriptures in the Bible that tell us not to eat shrimp, <laughs> you know, so do you eat shrimp is my question. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> Craig and I have had very similar conversations. So yeah, it's like really what you want to pick and choose, but you right, know, some people right. use that to make you feel less than. So yeah, I've had those experiences before. Well, I will tell you, this is uh, a large part of why I really have quit going to churches mm-hmm. is the 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 judgment that comes from the Christian world. Mm-hmm. And to me, if we're living a compassionate, loving life, mm-hmm. and as far as I am concerned, uh, we're all in God's image. Yes. So, <laughs> um, you know, not that this is a, a major religious conversation, yeah. but to me, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you know, it's funny when people say, oh, do you relate Christian? And I, I honestly would not necessarily say that I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. but I definitely know Christ light. Yeah. And um, his truth speaks to my heart. So, you know, it is interesting when we really start looking at that dynamic and what the truth is. It's all in here, yeah, really. So um, good for you. I'm very, I'm proud to hear that for you and your truth and you know you know, what that looks like for Mm -hmm. you. Um, So, because, you know, I think that's, I think that's a very important aspect because our faith, nobody can take that from us. But at the same time, it's like, you know, in your future self, in, in the life that you want to be and create. Okay. So where, where is this going to fall? Right. And, and all that aspect, which I think is beautiful. Um, it's 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 wonderful. So, what words would you share with families with kiddos in the LGBTQ community? Like, what would you, what advice would you give them? I would definitely say to just be there with an open ear and heart, and just be able to, you know, listen to what what they're trying to say um, as a child. Even being young, they have a they know themselves the best. So, mm-hmm. I think just having that open space and that se- feeling safe with you is the most important thing. To being able to feel like they can be truthful with you and you know not be afraid of the way you'll react, and even if you don't understand it, to you know be willing to find um, together to find the resources and to find the knowledge that you need to to try to understand them and how they feel. Because, you know, there are a lot of people that have the mentality, not my kid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, um, why not your kid? Yeah, when you held your baby when they were first born, yeah. those feelings that you have, you know, just always remember that, you know, that's still that same baby that you held and you felt that way yeah. that you would do anything for. So. You know, it's it's interesting you say that. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I remember that day very, very clearly when I held my son. And you look at them and you see all the possibility, you see all the dynamic, you see all the mm-hmm. all the things that could be. Mm-hmm. But you never see yeah. really what is really gonna be their future, what is mm-hmm. really what is gonna be their struggle, what is gonna be their 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 option. Yeah. You know, you never know. You never know. And so just to embrace and love and have compassion for them, good advice. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Good advice. So it looks like you have a pretty amazing support system. Yeah. You've actually, you know, minus, minus, and that was obviously very big, and I don't want to discount that at all, um, the major loss in your life. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you've really had an amazing support yeah. throughout your life. I really have. I think that even with the major loss, I think that um, just made it a little bit even tighter and closer. Yeah. Made us a bigger bond. 
So yeah, we've we've dealt with a lot of struggles together and a lot of grief together. So it brought us all closer. And I think that's um, my parents. You know, growing up and like I said, they ran away when they were real young. And just watching that love and seeing that, you know, it did make us feel like we could get through anything together. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That is really beautiful. Um, so you really discovered who you were later in life. Yeah, <laughs> way later in life. <laughs> Um, for those that don't, what do you suggest for them? Someone who doesn't discover it. I mean, I guess don't be afraid. But, you know, there are lots that are still in the closet. Yeah. There are lots that are just afraid to be true to who to they be are. To true who they are. It is because it is so hard with, uh, with everyone around you and society and how everyone feels about things, you know. Whenever um, someone like Ellen in the past came out, you didn't have social media with right. all the comments and everything. And so that, that brings a whole new aspect to it, you know. Mm -hmm. It is nice, though, that, you know, we can also use it for good and to be mm -hmm. able to share our experiences and mm -hmm. reach out to others that, you know, might not, might not have known just like me, you know, until you have someone that you know that you can relate to. A lot of times that's what makes that connecting, you know, that, that connecting. The dots connect. Yeah, the dots connect. Yes, yes, yes. So, yes. I mean, I've been thankful. I mean, I've been blessed with being able to, you know, speak with a few friends and stuff like that. So that's been awesome through this experience to be able to share and have people reach out and have questions answered and well your connect. social media like your posts are amazing thank you it's just you're just so brave you're just putting it all out there yeah. and you know i think when you know who you are when you're mm -hmm. true to who you are it's authentic yeah you know and mm -hmm. i think that's what's really beautiful and i i thank david for introducing uh, <laughs> you to the show because i i am just so i feel so blessed to have someone share so much mm -hmm. of of themselves so yeah. thank you for that thank because it's it is i think it's hard and challenging mm -hmm. when because of social media yeah in a lot of ways but you're very you're very blessed in so many yeah. beautiful ways thank you um i have also um seen on netflix Brene brown speaks about vulnerability and i've watched that ted talk and that's a big part of i, I could connect with her when she had that who's that uh Brene brown oh yeah yeah She's, yeah when she speaks about vulnerability it's like mm -hmm. um being vulnerable a lot of times is viewed as being weak, but, you know, I feel differently like she does, you know. It's, yeah. it's really it's strength to be able mm -hmm. to be vulnerable and yes. put yourself out there. Yes. But in, in the process, you know, you're able to help others. Yes. So it feels good. And you're you're definitely doing that. Yeah. And I think that's just amazing. I just think that's amazing. Wow. Anything else you'd like to add? No, this has been great. This is really cool. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. That's been so wonderful. So thank you so much for your candor, your bravery, your honesty tonight. We appreciate your story and your truth. So thank you all for tuning in tonight. Craig and I thank you for tuning in. If you or your business want to sponsor our show, DM us and we will chat because we are now taking sponsors. Our audience is growing, so thank you for that. Don't forget to check out our website at allfuckswelcome.com and subscribe to our Patreon and Anchor that you can find on our socials. Remember to go out and actually give two fucks this week. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>